Welcome to episode 110 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, and I'm sitting here finally once again. We're going to talk some wrestling with the boys. It's been over a month. We, I'm sorry it's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you this long. Uh, but, you know, just with the holidays, schedules were hard to sync up. Uh, kids, cruises, beer drinking. You know, all kinds of stuff. So we took a little break, but we're happy to be back. It's season four, uh, and we're ready to cover a lot of topics tonight uh, because there's a lot of catching up to do. But just in case you forgot who we're talking to, let's introduce the boys real quick. Over in Glendale, he's still keeping it regal in the new year. Mr. Steve Grobschmidt. What up, Grabby? I'm going to say this again, Mike. I've said it before. Um, Do you know what my New Year's resolution was? (laughs) Yes, yes, I do. But tell yeah, it, tell the people in case they forgot. It was to wake up an hour earlier each day so I can hate you that much more. <laughs> so car- carry on, sunshine. Uh, it's it's still still so good, still so good. I hope you say that to me every single year. Uh, first episode back in the new year. Keep the kayfabe. Lock that in, please. And does that even make sense? Can you wake up an hour earlier every single day? Wouldn't that like creep into yesterday? Eventually, well, only or... if you if only if it was incremental. Like if you normally get up at seven, and then you decide in twenty twenty three to get up at six every day. That's I think the spirit of it. Extra oh, hour, okay. extra hour every day to hate you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, cool, good. Man, well, thank you. I love you too. But um, good to see you, Steve. How was your Christmas? It was good. It was very good. It was very productive. I uh, I, I didn't uh, waste away the days like I did in past years playing video games every day. I did a nice little oh. mix of things. Tried to do some creative pursuits. And um, yeah, it was all good. You were... Uh, what were some of these creative pursuits? I um, am actually about a month or two away. Our listeners take note uh, to publishing my first book. I'm going to be publishing a little sci-fi novella. Um, I'm doing no the finishing, way. having it edited right now. And, uh, really? You know, all goes well. And probably in the month of February, it'll be out on the Apple, the Amazon store. No so, fucking way. There you go. Well, Dude, now I know what I'm getting. Now I know what I'm getting Becky for our anniversary. Hey, oh. Oh, man. I could even <laughs> autograph it for you. Wow. I, this and is unlike, amazing. I didn't even... And unlike Mercedes Monet, this is a real story here. This is a real thing. Well, well, once it's released and it drops, we'll give you, you know, you know, Steve's corner and we can talk about this book. We'll we'll link it up so listeners can enjoy it and share it with their other sci-fi friends. I'm definitely getting a copy. How long have you been that. working on this? <laughs> Funny you should say that. This particular one I uh, I've been working on for over 25 years and uh mostly off, not on, but uh, I finally finished it. And I finished it in mid-December and since then I finished the second one. So uh yeah. Um amazing what so getting this... over a little block will do for you. Apparently. This is this is how conceited and self-centered I am. Is there any 
any point in your story or novel does any of our uh i don't know like keep the kayfabe concepts wrestling concepts or just me in particular did i inspire a character in there i mean you can he can be you can be the biggest douchebag in the book and you can be like yeah that's you mike that's okay i'm gonna answer that on the next program <laughs> oh man get a Truly lot of on, great storytelling on rampage <laughs> nice well dude congrats on that that's pretty awesome and uh you know it's a bucket list you. item for sure so i appreciate Hell yeah, it dude congrats Awesome. Well, Happy New Year. Great to see you. And you heard this guy. He's fresh off of a cruise with his main squeeze, but he was keeping it freshly squeezed himself. Mr. Matt Michelson. Hola. How are you? Hola, hola. And Charlie will not be joining us tonight, so this one's for him. You know it's all about the boo. Oh, yeah, baby. He's back, baby. We'll talk more about it later. Oh, man. I cannot wait to talk about that because, yeah, just... How fucking over is that guy? But we'll get to that. We'll get to that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us about your Christmas, Matt. I know uh, you did some traveling. You went on a cruise with Becky. I don't even think we got a chance to recap all of it. Uh, but I talked to you when you had to drive down to Houston because Matt was susceptible to the craziness and that debacle of Southwest. Uh, they, you know, they didn't cry or moan. They were like, babe, let's get in the truck and head on down to Texas. Yep. Catch that, that boat. That's exactly how it happened, too. Uh, I think we were scheduled to leave on Thursday uh, before New Year's Eve. And we found out the day before that that our flight through Southwest had been canceled. And we, for those of you new listeners to the podcast, first of all, welcome. Secondly, we are based out of Milwaukee, if you couldn't tell by the way most of us speak. And... <laughs> As we're trying to decide what we're going to do, we're like, fuck it. We're going to drive to Houston, baby. That's where we're, the cruise sailed out of. So we're like, we got to get there somehow. So we decided that the next morning we we're going to pack up and drive down. I had talked to Mike the night before. He was kind enough to help us kill eh, 30 minutes of the 18-hour drive, which, don't get me wrong, went a long way. So right after we had crossed <laughs> over the border into Arkansas, he... Uh, <laughs> rang us up just right on time and yeah it was it was a good conversation it was a lot of fun we we ended up having a really good time um stopped at two places in mexico both uh near cancun just it was a very like kind of typical vacation you hear about when you go to mexico but it was definitely needed especially in the cold months of the year nice and how was the uh homemade salsa making class that you all took yeah but yes this <laughs> was a real thing um so on cruises for those of you who haven't cruised before excursions are kind of a big thing when you get ashore so unfortunately in one of our stops there wasn't really a lot to do except for this one excursion called the salsa experience and <laughs> when my wife becky and i were looking at this i immediately interpreted this as uh salsa dancing she interpreted it as salsa food, uh, like what you dip chips in. Turns out it was both, which was awesome. So we get to this <laughs> both. ramshackle shack in the Mexican jungle. Um, wow. We're sat down with no air conditioning and proceed to make guacamole um, and two other types of salsa, which were all phenomenal. So that was really wow. cool. And then they started pouring us shots of tequila like, oh, yeah, you didn't know this was part of the excursion? We did not. And it really... 
helped make this whole thing so much better. Like, not that it was even bad by any means, but it was a really unexpected surprise. We loved it. Um, and then we learned how to salsa dance for about 20 minutes. So the dancing was definitely a afterthought on this excursion, but it was still awesome. So did that swim in an underground cave. Uh, cool. Yeah. A lot of really cool stuff. Um, only a few days. Most of it spent on the road driving to Texas from Wisconsin, which as you can imagine is a long haul, but mm-hmm. we made the best of it. We had a really good time. Good for you. Yeah, I was. It's kind of like yeah, as inconvenient and as annoying as that. I mean, for everybody. Thank God you didn't have to suffer like a lot of these people. I mean, when we were traveling with a baby, uh, eight month old to Pittsburgh uh, this Christmas, I was thinking about the Southwest people if they had kids. Like, what an absolute nightmare that must have been. Just yeah, for sure. Tragic. Uh, so the Southwest. You, I love thing. how you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, the Southwest thing, for those of you who don't travel a lot, it, it's very real. Um, we fly Southwest a lot. We probably still will um, just because we've flown with them for a long time. And this is the one and only time we've ever really had an issue. But, yeah, it really changed things up. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, you know, you made the best of it. And then you just saw more of the country that you would have never seen. And hopefully you had a lot of good more times and a lot to listen to on the way down. And, Yeah. Cheers. Good to see you all back. But um, yeah, I don't know if Charlie's got, uh, you know, signing his contract uh, to re-up his uh, gigs for underwear modeling. Uh, we'll see if he comes in tonight or not, but that's okay if not, because we got a lot to get to. Uh, speaking of underwear, uh, a lot of people were shitting their pants probably on that WWE roster when they heard <laughs> Vince McMahon was going to be heading back to the CEO position. It was a rumor they was heading back. Then it was confirmed. Uh, Stephanie McMahon resigned. Uh, he's basically reinstalling all of his, you know, stronghold uh, loyal yes men around him. Is that correct, Steve? I haven't seen like like I don't think he brought like Laurenitis back or anything. But um, I imagine Bruce Pritchard is pretty happy because I think he's still there technically, right? Yeah, I I think I don't I'm not sure if Pritchard is. I know that the one news story I did here is that George Berrios, who's the former president of yeah. WWE, he was reinstated as part of the board um, along Oof. with two other people whose names escape me. And at the same time, two uh, previous members of the board, I, I should say current, because this is all happening within the past week or so, um, gave their resignation upon learning that Vince was returning. So pretty much the entire board has changed almost overnight. Amazing. I mean, so American. Guy gets fined, uh, you know, you know, millions and millions of dollars for what he did and the settlements. They got ousted. And then how long ago was that? I mean, was he gone for not even six? six was it six, six months, five months? It wasn't. It was summer. Yeah, I've heard and some reports that it was in July. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Too big to fail. And, yeah. And then to go along with it, there was a huge. Um, I mean. We all thought it was pretty real. I mean, there's a lot of sources tipping off that Vince may have sold the WWE to Saudi Arabia. They do a lot of business with them with these crown jewels and, you know, mega Royal Rumbles, whatever. Like, whenever they want to grab a bunch of money, they ship their talent over there and, you know, entertain them. And it sounded like he was going to sell this company um that vince senior started and you know handed over to his son and was gonna sell it to saudi arabian soil and uh 
have a new owner. I mean, which would totally change the landscape of everything. And like, uh, we we we're not really sure if it's totally out of the question because later, uh, as like the the water started to to settle, it was a rumor. I mean, the internet was just going crazy. Uh, a lot of people were blowing up the uh, Twitter and what's going on. But I guess this is all a rumor. Is there any possibility that this is going to happen, or what do you I, guys think? I think it's an absolute possibility, but I think I think it was premature to say that, and like definitely things have cooled off in terms of that being a done deal. Now it doesn't mean it's not in the works, but there's no, I guess, to be fair, no real evidence of that right now. So it, right now it's just a rumor, but. I think it's rumor steeped in like certainly realism, you know, like that, you know, they've been cozying up with the Saudis for so long now and the Saudis are doing uh, like a mass trying to, what's the term they're using sports uh, washing where, um, you know, they got golf. Now they got soccer. They're essentially trying to diverse themselves, diversify themselves in entertainment so that to distract from the horrible things they do. Yeah. So uh, it's, it certainly would fit their profile, but yeah, we'll see. Regardless Um, of, sorry, Steve, I was just going to add, I think regardless of whether they do sell to the Saudis or not, it probably does make sense for WWE to sell to someone at this point. Um, One of the big things that came out of this rumor with selling to Saudi Arabia was if that were to happen, WWE would become a private company again. And with that, you have to imagine that a lot of these rules and regulations around publicly traded companies no longer apply to WWE. Because if you think back to July when Vince was forced to leave, the reason for that was because he had some sort of sexual relationships with several women over the course of 20 plus years. And he had used WWE's money to pay those women to be quiet about things. Now being Mm -hmm. it's publicly traded company, that's a massive issue. If it's a private company that Vince is in full control of, I mean, he can really do whatever he wants at that point. Mm -hmm. So if WWE, regardless of who they sell to, if they do become a private company, those issues no longer really are as... It sounds terrible to put it this way, but I can't really think of a better way to word it. Those issues don't become as serious anymore because Vince is in more control of it. The other thing is, if there's other allegations that still haven't come out yet, it's another way for Vince to kind of keep a lid on it as well. So, you know, all that being said... I kind of wonder if all this was in the works from the get-go. Like back in July when Vince stepped away, did he already have this plan in mind? Is like, uh, okay, there's a rumor about that. Someday. Is yeah. there like I have a plan to kind of work my way back into the company? Maybe this is what he's been masterminding for the last six months. Who knows? Um, uh, reg- but regardless, yeah, it's it's an interesting situation. Char- Charlie's buddy uh, Meltzer reported just that 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 that, that there's thoughts that Vince Bort started working on it right after he got ousted. Well. And that the money over there is riches beyond any of our wildest imaginations. They can make pretty much anything go away, solve any problems with the money that. Oh yeah, like murdering people. Yeah, you you mentioned like how they were doing golf, live golf. I mean, a lot of these PGA players are going over there because they can win ten million dollars for doing the exact same thing, uh, playing the exact same game. Uh, that they play on U.S. soil over there, and it's just for entertainment because these guys just literally cannot shit enough money out of their ass to get rid of it. So they got to come up with these ways to 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 spend it. And yeah, if they want to see the Undertaker go out and wrestle in front of the fans again, 
who do they want to get? Vince McMahon? Because Callaway will always do whatever Vince says. So it's like, you know, he will basically make, it's like these real life wrestlers are now like toy action figures to these rich motherfuckers. So yeah. It, and, but yeah, Matt, you're right. It's, it is crazy. It, it's, it was wild. It, that happened on Monday, Tuesday. It was, that was a yeah. wild day. So, um, there's some breaking news. Um, obviously what I'm about to tell you, even as I'm reading the article is by no means it's, it's a long shot. I, I mean, it's highly unlikely Vince would ever go for it, but out of the interested parties looking to buy slash merge with world wrestling entertainment is the Khan family, uh, Tony and his father. Mm, yeah. You imagine I, that if they if the Khan family with with investors bought WWE, wouldn't that be crazy? I think so. I've mentioned these guys before, but I, I'm a big fan of the What Culture podcast, one of the biggest podcasts out there. Um, they had pitched this idea on one of their latest episodes, and it, it I'm not shocked by it by any means. I think the one downside to it is we've all seen what happens when one pro wrestling company yeah. is sort of the monopoly, right? Um it's not really the best for the wrestlers, especially, or for the fans for that matter. So yeah, yeah. I have to imagine Tony Khan and the family are looking at it. Um, I, I can't see it happening though. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think either. it would be good either. I mean, they're, they just kind of, they're good. They're on a good trajectory right now. They're reinventing their set. I think they need to stay the course. Because as soon as you get greedy, that's when shit hits the fan for real. So, yeah, I hope they don't. I don't know. I just, it's just so bizarre what's happening. I just can't believe Vince is back. I mean, he's he's never Gross. gonna leave until he's you know lying. And Stephanie, yeah. See if happens with Triple screen. H. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about Vince, um, because I mean we could talk about this all day, but. I think over the last six months, it's been really interesting to see how the storylines in WWE have been booked. There, we've seen the emergence of the bloodline, particularly Sami Zayn, uh, just as this really cool overact. And there's been a few others that have come out as well. Triple H has brought back a lot of guys in, from the NXT days when he was running that. It's been really cool to see. At the same time, I think the other half of the roster has been booked almost the same way Vince would have booked it to begin with. And it kind of makes you wonder... Was Vince kind of pulling the strings a little bit along the way, like kind of booking, you know, some of the things, but he wanted to create the perception that Hunter was really running most of it. I don't know. Um, Probably. But I, I, I truly think that, and this is a really morbid take, and just I'm just kind of spitballing here, but I think until Vince is truly, like, passed away, <laughs> I don't think we're ever really going to know what WWE looks like without him. Um, as long as yep. he's alive and has a majority of the shares in the company, he's going to have that creative control regardless. Most definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past him that he wasn't pulling the strings. Uh, you know, lots of drug dealers who are in jail still run their gangs, like from their jail cell. I mean, it probably wouldn't be hard for a multi billion. Is he a billionaire? He's a he billionaire. Is. Oh. Yeah. Multi-billionaire to still have his, you know, fingers in the pie. So, yeah, I guess we'll just keep an eye on it. Uh, but crazy week in wrestling. I was like, what kind of time are we living in? But you know what time we're living in right now, boys? What's that? Adam Cole, baby. He's mm -hmm. back. Last night on AEW, 
after a great opening match between Adam Hangman Page and John Moxley, which was definitely pay-per-view caliber, and uh, a match that fans had wanted to see for a long time. Uh, they were treated to that. But the icing on the cake comes out, Tony Schiavone in the middle of the ring saying they have a special guest, music hits, and, you know, it's all about the boom. People are going crazy, but the follow-up, Adam Cole, baby, in the song, people were screaming it. And it had been so fun to see live. People were going bananas. He comes out. It just amazes me, too. Like, Adam Cole, not a big guy, not a muscular guy. He's a pretty face for sure. He's definitely above average for sure. But <laughs> the amount of love that he gets from his fans, and it's not like he's even the greatest on the mic, but he just does so many good things right, and they're just dialed in and precise, and he and he delivers all the time. So all the actions and all the love that he gets, I think it's well-deserved. I think it's great for business. We were talking on the thread last night how just, you know, AEW's just – got that got that it factor back and he is one of it or a big piece of that factor so matt i know you were geeking out about this what were your feelings when that music hit i was i i really i loved how tony shivani introduced him because he didn't even say adam cole he just said i have no pleasure in introducing our next guest and of course everyone thinks it's mjf but then you hear yeah, adam I cole's did. music hit and it caught me by surprise like a lot. I was actually eating dinner at the time and had the TV sort of turned down. Um, but the moment I heard the music hit, my head just whipped around and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe he's on. Like it just caught everybody by surprise. So that was really cool. Um, I've talked about this on past podcasts and I know I've talked to Charlie about it offline for sure. I'm not the biggest Adam Cole guy. I know a lot of guys love his in-ring work, especially. I I feel like he's sort of gotten stale, and part of that's just because I've watched him since his NXT days. Um, I've also seen a little bit of his Ring of Honor work as well. It's kind of all the same to me, and he's kind of played a heel throughout that whole run. So seeing him come out, especially after, what, six months off or something like mm -hmm. that, um, seeing him come out was really cool. I, time away for any wrestler makes them fresh again, regardless of who it is. So that was really cool. Seeing him mm -hmm. come out was great. Um, Mike, I know you just mentioned he's not the greatest on the mic. I, I think I disagree. I thought this promo was so great. I was on the hook the whole time. This promo was so great. This was, promo uh, was so great because I think he got a little vulnerable and opened up. And then, like he said, he I, I, he delivered really well. I, I, I think he is very good on the mic, but he's. I'm saying he's he's not the best. Agreed. Yep, totally. Oh, sorry. This, just had he, to clarify. He, he has not had promos this good. Uh, I will definitely give you that. This was really cool. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I really enjoyed watching this. By the end of it, came across as a total baby face. So I hope his run going forward is that. He sort of talked about the new Adam Cole. He's been on Instagram talking about how he has a second chance. Um, so it does truly feel like a fresh start. So I am really excited to see what his matches are like, what kind of feuds he gets into going forward. It's an exciting time. Yeah, who's he going to wrestle, you think, Robbie? Ah, uh, that's a great question, because I've been weighing the same thing that Matt said. Like, he seems tailor-made now to be a babyface. The crowd just adores him, and mm -hmm. he can do both. And yet, he's 
really good as a heel. So, but he's also one of those guys that if he just like next week came out and attacked Jungle Boy or some belong or, or Orange <laughs> Cassidy, the crowd would still love him because he's Adam yeah. Cole. So he can literally do anything. But I don't, I don't know. I was, I know who I don't want him to be involved in, and that's anything to do with Mark Sterling or like some, you know, feud that's just clearly to move, you know, to get the ring rust off. It'd be nice if he went after somebody big but i it's a great question i really don't know i mean he could yeah he can't go after um um darby because darby is just won the title he can't i mean he could go after orange cassidy i guess but he seems to be kind of busy right now and the, i don't know it, it, it it's real I, I really yeah a darby adam cole match would be pretty awesome i think oh, yeah, that would be like on like remember when gargano and uh, adam cole had their big nxt takeover i think yeah. that's the three or whatever that was some of the best work i i remember adam cole having just amazing that i mean yeah i don't know if you can really put adam cole and darby together that wouldn't be good for for the for the brand but yeah i don't really know where he goes either so uh, they didn't nobody really came over to try to spoil the party or anything so they didn't really give anything away but uh yeah go ahead Matt what are you thinking Yeah sorry to talk over you um th- this is a really tough one to book um during his promo he did say he was going to go to the top of AEW so he's sort of calling his shot so mm-hmm. y- you have to think MJF's the champ right now That'd be Mm -hmm. an amazing program, seeing MJF and Adam Cole feuding with each other. Uh, Obviously, Mm -hmm. Brian Danielson's kind of on that that track right now to get us to Revolution, Mm -hmm. but that that's still going to be a couple months. And Adam Cole's Mm -hmm. already an established star within AEW, so I don't think it's unrealistic that somehow he finds a way to, you know, like whenever that match comes with MJF, Brian Danielson. If Adam Cole's the next guy in line for whoever's champion after that, whether it's MJF or Danielson, either one would be a really good program. I don't know that Adam Cole wins necessarily in the in the first match of you know this next title run. He's already had one title shot in the past, but I do think it's giving him like a a run at the number one contendership would be really good because yeah, beyond that, the only other feud I can maybe think of is him and the Elite because if you recall. There was some weird unspoken beef between him and Kenny Omega. Um, but where that gets tricky is Kenny Omega was a heel at the time. And so was Adam Cole. And they were kind of out for themselves. But now that Kenny and the Bucks are really baby-faced, and now Adam Cole seems to be too, I don't really know that you can have them feud just yet. Um, yeah. You could, mm-hmm. you could, but I don't think it would hit the same way. Not not to mention, he, who's he going to who's his team now fish is gone i don't even know when o'reilly's coming back he'd almost have to form a new team and that just wouldn't have the same oomph you know right yeah i've I've heard speculation about maybe the kingdom that faction from i want to say it's ring of honor or maybe new japan um maybe he partners up with them just because of his history with ring of honor but to me yeah i agree with you steve that doesn't have the same weight as someone like the undisputed hero sorry sorry kingdom uh adam cole's like that's dragging him down to put him with those guys agreed (laughs) definitely yeah it's kind of a mystery it's 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 fun to turn over in your brain we're gonna have to wait and see I mean, you're you're looking at a lot of the pairings right now. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening right now. I mean, fuck, we just saw Jungle Boy and Hook wrestle together. What an odd pairing that was, but how fun was that? 
uh, against Big Bill yeah. Morrissey and Lee Moriarty. I think that's cool. I mean, obviously, he's. I, I don't know who his buddies are. I was thinking, yeah, I I can't remember uh, what happened. Is O'Reilly hurt? Is that why he's gone? I think Off he's TV been out. Or? Yeah, and I think that's why yeah. he's been gone. Yeah, injury. And I know Pretty Fish got released. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he needs some friends. Uh, but I know I they they do a good job not mishandling this this type of talent. So, uh, it, it'll be great. It'll be a reason for us to tune into the program each and every week. And I'm glad you brought up Kenny Omega, uh, Matt, earlier. Because if I know we've been off... Uh, air or off your spotify or however you listen to us and but we have been treated to some amazing wrestling from this best of seven between the young bucks and kenny omega versus death triangle ray phoenix uh penta and Pac, and it finally came to a conclusion last night in a tables ladders and chairs match um this whole build-up was just awesome i mean we knew eventually they would throw in a lot of stipulations because it started as just straight, straight one fall matches, probably the first three or four. Then it really got interesting with these last three and really escalated nicely. It's a very slow build. I, I mean, slow build may be the wrong words to use for the talent that these guys have and what they showed us. It was just, I just, it's just amazing how creative these guys are and how they can just pull this off every single week to give you this type of uh, action and entertainment, putting their bodies on the line. It's truly, we're very lucky to see it. But um, as we probably all thought, the elite can finally raise the titles over their heads as they rightfully should have after All Out. Uh, but if that never, if all that bullshit didn't happen at All Out, then I don't think this best of seven um series would have ever happened so that that was kind of nice they got a little suspended take a break hopefully they stop playing the stupid intro music i really hate <laughs> it like this carry on my wayward son thing i just really don't like it it's just dumb because it just gets slow with the piano and then like i don't know it's, yeah. it just really turns me off it really grinds my gears boys i'm sorry to keep bringing it up but um yeah uh, where do we go from here with Young Bucks and Kenny Omega? Do they have anything left in the tank? Who do they wrestle? Who wants to wrestle them? Well, I think the obvious answer to that question is the House of Black. They're we one go. of the coolest groups in AEW. I, I feel like they've sort of been kept on the back burner for a little bit ever since coming back. They've wrestled some matches, I think, on Rampage, maybe on Dark as well. Um mm-hmm. But for as excited as fans were to see them come back, they really haven't been on TV at all. We've seen a couple they're, of they're promos on from them. Yeah, they're exactly. They're on Rampage, right? Um, which is sort of like the WCW Thunder of 2023. So you there's have that. Thunder, baby. Um, so that is one option. But there's a lot of other trios that have been building in the background as well. I know prior to all the drama that developed at All Out, um, the Undisputed Elite, was kind of a thing as well. There was a lot of good trios forming. We have the Black Bull Combat Club, the Jericho Appreciation Society, which, by the way, real quickly, I want to give a turd of the week to them. Um, Mm -hmm. They sort of dropped the ball on this entire episode of Dynamite we saw this week. Uh, Every every match on the show was phenomenal. Even all the angles and segments I thought were really good, uh, with the exception of Jericho Appreciation Society, because not only did they suck, they also took time away from the best of seven match seven, 
um, mm-hmm. which felt kind of rushed, but it, I mean, it made the match it super did. cool. At least I thought it did. So it was almost kind of like a silver lining to it. But yeah, I feel like it could have been even better had those guys not shown up. But regardless of all that, I think there's a lot of trios out there. Um, I'm struggling to think of any of them off the top of my head, but Tony Khan has a good habit of surprising us with matches we didn't even know we wanted. So I think now that this best of seven series has ended, maybe next week on Dynamite, we start to see where that goes. Um, In general, I would say Kenny Omega is just so good at coming up with these different programs that he's involved in. Um, I don't know if we'll have time to talk about it. We may get to it at the end of the show, but uh, for those of our real hardcore listeners, uh, New Japan had their annual biggest pay-per-view of the year at Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th, where Kenny Omega wrestled Will Ospreay. Uh, One of the greatest matches of all time, if you're Dave Meltzer. Um, It is a very, very good match. So, um yeah, Kenny Omega just can do no wrong right now, especially being in good physical condition. Um, yeah, he looks better I, than ever. He he does. Um, and I could go on all day about these guys, but yeah, as far as like the next trios program, I I'm gonna put my faith in Tony Khan on this one and just wait and see what happens. And speaking of Wrestle Kingdom, and speaking of last night's last night's Dynamite, we saw a big star show up at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, in the form. Of a new name, Mercedes Monet, aka Sasha Banks. So she showed up there. She wrestled um, Kari Sane, didn't she? And I heard it was a little rough. But um, no, I did, that's something that I just saw floating around the internet. That it was a you know a big, a big surprise that she came out. She's got this weird ass hair that looks like dyed like a leopard, but like acid trippy and shit. So that's interesting. Um, and then her name, not too crazy about either. But a lot of people, you know, we, we speculated about this a couple weeks ago or a month ago or whenever the hell we were on podcast together about maybe she would come out at this L.A. show since she's got, you know, ties to California. Snoop Dogg is her cousin or uncle or whatever it is. Um, Yeah, this would have been a perfect place to debut. Give them Adam Cole. They're like, oh, this is a great show. And then you have her come out. People were all pumped. There was a lot of rumors going around that she was going to come out, and she did not. So people were kind of pissed even at the show. Were they not? Yeah, Yeah, they kind of shit on that match. Or shit on Tony Storm, which is ridiculous because they announced last week she was the partner. It shouldn't have surprised them. Mm -hmm. But I think people still hope that would be a... um, swerve or something or like she'd get beat up before the match but yeah we were talking about this before the show but yeah um i found myself being disappointed but then when i sat and had like you know the perspective of the last 24 hours i'm like who am i blaming it's like it's not ew didn't do a damn thing they didn't ever say she was coming other than Britt baker making a little boss reference last week you know when wrestlers do that you think oh there it is but Mm -hmm. um no, they never did. That was an internet rumor based on, I mean, the, the New Japan thing was known for a while, so people naturally thought, okay, she's done with WWE. She's mm-hmm. going to show up in AEW. She still might, but it wasn't yesterday. So, and, but yeah. yeah, what do you, I mean, it's funny. It, it They didn't set up any false expectations. Totally agree with you, Steve. Um, I do think AEW shouldn't have had Britt reference the boss line. Um. I did catch that last week and right away that's where my head went like, oh, Sasha Banks, she's she's coming. She's on her way. 
granted at the same time i knew she was going to be working wrestle kingdom for new japan uh and we hadn't really gotten any other teases or hints that she might be coming to aew we do know that cm punk prior to coming to aew they did all these sort of teases and different clues along the way so aew has a history of teasing debuts this way so the moment you hear the boss reference of course fans go nuts right um I don't know where the the idea for her debuting in Los Angeles came from. I mean, obviously, like you said, Mike, she has ties there and things like that. But at the same time, it, yeah, you just I, I personally wasn't expecting it. I think once I saw Adam Cole come out, I was like, okay, on a typical Wednesday night episode of Dynamite, I, I can't imagine a huge return like Adam Cole and a debut like Sasha Banks. It just seems like way too much. Mm-hmm. And apparently I was right in that regard. Now, you were also right, Mike, in that they they did kind of shit on the women's match a little bit. Um, you could at least hear it a little bit in the building. But once the match got going, I feel like the fans kind of went, oh, okay, she's not coming. And, you know, just kind of got back to the match at hand. Thankfully, I think at the time, for whatever reason, I had the, the TV on mute. And I was just kind of watching the match for what it was. And it was a great women's match. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because it was at a slightly different time on the card. AEW has this real bad habit of putting the the one and only women's match, usually about an hour and a half into the show. And this one was quite Mm -hmm. a bit earlier than that. And the lineup was really good. Uh, It was like all the best women on the show. So Mm -hmm. I think for those reasons, it came across really good to me. Um, But then apparently after the match ended, I think some fans were holding out hope that Sasha Banks might come out. And when Excalibur was doing his rundown of all the Rampage matches, the lights in the building actually dimmed and fans started going nuts thinking, oh man, Mm. this is it, she's coming out. But apparently they only dimmed the lights to show the Rampage announcements up on the screen. So it was almost like a double swerve for the fans thinking, oh, here it is, she's coming out. So (laughs) yeah, but again... All this happens on a false pretense, and I don't know, again, why these people thought that Los Angeles well, was going to be the place. She's Sasha Banks. If they're going to do it, it's going to be at a pay-per-view or some sort of special event. True. Maybe, and maybe, Tony, you know how before every Dynamite he comes out and addresses the fans and just, you know, gets some hyped, or then there's the countdown to when it hits the live air. Maybe he said, tonight is going to be... Something special, and we got somebody coming out for ya or something. And they're just like everybody that made a Sasha Banks sign at home that put hours into like the boss is here or something like that on their <laughs> sign with glitter. They're fucking pumped. And then when they're like, "Oh my god, it, we're getting Adam Cole and Sasha Banks," so yeah, maybe they just kind of, you know, they got a little greedy. They thought it was gonna be something good because yeah, there was nothing. It was all internet, you know, puffing smoke at this rumor that Sasha Banks was going over. I mean, we had been talking about it for months, but there was never really any stronghold on that. What what was the last one? Was it full gear? And we're like, hey, is this, uh, we, we even threw it in our stipulations. Is Sasha Banks going to come out? I think we were 50-50 split that she was and was not. Right. But, um, yeah, you know, when she wants to come over, I'm sure she'll she'll come over. I it still seems I don't know what word to use. Maybe likely is too strong. It seems better than fifty fifty. She'll wind up in AEW, but but you yeah. know what? Save that one. Like you said, Adam Cole made his big return. 
had a yeah. blow off of a seven best of seven. Um, save that one for some time when you really need it. Exactly. Well, maybe the fans were like, dude, this is a lock because look what she did with her hair. Do you think, you know, that probably cost $5,000 dye job, <laughs> maybe more. And now it looks the way it does. And, you know, it's not going to be easy to maintain. It's got to she's got to wear that. Like, where is she going to wear that now? She can't go to like fucking Starbucks or something. I don't know. She's probably going to wear it. She wants. Yeah, I suppose. Anyway, <laughs> looks cool. It's it's cool. I think it's really cool. Uh, but um, yeah, sorry to break it to you, L.A. fans. Love you out in California. Shout out WrestleBotch, our buddy over there. Uh, he's been putting up some great content. A little, a little few and far between. I uh, wish it was more, but he must be pretty busy over there too. But always got to shout out our buddy over at WrestleBotch. Um, and speaking of our buddy, MJF still keeps delivering some of the best work, mic work, on television week after week. He's the champ. Um, anytime they throw the graphic up and it says, and you will hear from MJF tonight, it's just must-see TV, people. You don't turn the dial. You don't pick up the remote. You lock it in. You save your bathroom break. Hmm. After MJF is done talking, because seriously, <laughs> this guy is probably one of the, the the best lovable assholes on the face of the planet. Um, he's young. He's got he's got it all. He's got it all going for him, folks. He's rich. He's better than you, and he knows it. And he he took it out on um on a pretty reputable New Japan guy. What's his name, Matt Takahashi? Uh, t- something. Tenosuke Takeshita. Tenosuke Takeshna. But what did Takeshna. he call him? Take a shit out or something? Yes, exactly. <laughs> asshole. But um yeah. <laughs> Racist asshole. Yes. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, he was pulling some stuff out last night from the that you would expect in the early eighties uh, and nineties. Uh probably the attitude era too, for sure. Uh but yeah. Can this guy I mean there's probably, especially, we thought it would be a good idea not to feed into the WWE rumors, which did he, did I miss anything? Did he hint at it at all? Or did he you didn't at all. Up? No. Yeah, not no. this time. Um, No, it was basically his entire promo was just littered with uh, insults to everyone's girlfriends, daughters, wives, grandmas, and the entire uh, Asian population. So... <laughs> Yeah, it, it was strangely though, it all was lovable and fun. Um there yeah. were moments watching it where I was even thinking to myself like is this legal? Can they even do this? <laughs> but but ultimately I, the fans loved it. Um he even pointed out a couple celebrities in the audience. We saw Ken Jeong from The Hangover yeah. called him out, insulted him. Um Frey Prince Jr was there, called him a Scooby Dooby douchebag. There were some <laughs> classic one-liners in this and he just kept firing them off. Dude, he's just being himself and getting paid big bucks to do it. If we only could all be so lucky. I mean, Steve, with his new book coming out, he's just being himself and he's going to be wildly <laughs> successful doing his thing. New We're book. Wait, there. wait, wait. New book. What is this? Steve, tell us about this. I did already. On the show? Yes. Okay. In the intro. Could yeah, the rest for you, Matt. And the rest oh. will be on Rampage. <laughs> see exactly see you know what i just did there so i don't know if you guys caught this last night but on dynamite 
and I hate to bring up the Jericho Appreciation Society again, but Ricky Starks and Action Andretti come out and they're yelling and talking shit to the Jericho Appreciation Society. And they challenge Jake Hager to a match. And right away, Excalibur's like, oh, yeah, we just mentioned that a few minutes ago. Tony Khan hasn't made it official yet. Like, kind of covering for himself. Like, Mm -hmm. clearly they got the order of the production wrong on the show. (laughs) You know, it happens to the best of us, including us here at Keep the Kayfabe, myself. True. 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 Speaking of action and, and is it Andretti? Yes. Andrade? Andretti. Andretti. What do you think? You think this kid's going to be something with Tony Starks? I think it's a good pairing. There's few people to better pair him with and like a real good speaker like that. This, the key is to get him to not speak. I mean, yesterday, exactly. I think Andrade's, sorry, now you got me saying it. Andretti yeah, um, looked good in his match with uh, Jericho. You know, he, he took a fireball. And then last week, I don't remember what he did. He didn't talk, but he came out with a chair. Fine. Today, this time, he tried to be like a wisecracker. He tried to do the Wheeler Yuta thing, and it mm-hmm. just did not work. And it's like, you know, I, th- I think I think he'll be fine. I mean, he's in good hands, but that that was not his. You know, that was a rough. That was a sophomore slump. I, yeah. It was a rough. It was a rough patch for all those guys. Um, Ricky Starks included. Like he he had a few good one liners, but the flow of that entire segment did not work for anybody. Mike, I know you had mentioned before the show. When the Jericho Appreciation Society comes out, all wearing matching outfits, they try to do like a choreographed, like, mm-hmm. let's turn all at the same time and turn again. And it was so obvious. It just, mm-hmm. yeah. And Tay couldn't even get that right. Nope. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this it, basically that Jericho Appreciation Society is the stroke off to Jericho's ego. I feel like, I mean, he's like, guys, this is, I mean, as much of a genius as Jericho is, he, um, you know, he can't hit home runs every single week. He tries, True. he tries. And lots, and lots of times he bats probably 70% of the year, you know, with great stuff. But this one did fall short. It didn't did. like it. The one, the one honorable mention I will give is to Daddy Magic. That guy, of you can you can put him out there for a minute every week, and I'll love it every time. Even when, even in the DraftKings t- commercials, I, I I love it. That's the one commercial I actually get excited to see. Right? Oh, it's hilarious. Hmm. Yeah, we got to get Daddy Magic on the show big time. That should be our goal this uh, 2023. Hopefully, we can uh, sit down with that guy because that guy cracks me up. He's the one thing that does save everything. Oh, man. So speaking of guys, we got to get on the show. If you're a longtime listener of Keep the Kayfabe, lots of times I like to uh, treat the boys to a special guest at the end of the year for, you know, taking time to hop on and talk some wrestling and, um, you know, just celebrate the new year and all the accomplishments and consistency and just the holidays. And uh, this year... I got somebody real good. In the past, we've gotten Greg the Hammer Valentine. We've gotten Barry Horowitz. We've gotten The Godfather. Uh, but this one is somebody that we all look up to very much. Uh, somebody who is very underappreciated in AEW. Somebody we all can aspire to. A great role model. Uh, really? Who is it? Well, let's send it over to our special guest and... Just a little something fun for the boys and all you listening at home. 
Here he is. Hello, hello, Keep the Cafe Podcast. It's your boy, PPA, all day. Pretty Peter Avalon. Just want to say thank you for being big fans, or as you call it, big old marks. Uh, your boy Mike asked if I had any kayfabe stories. I always like to tell this one. It's fun. Uh, back in the original days of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood when we were running at the Glendale Studios in Glendale, California, we had Percy Pringle on the show, Paul Bear. He was the manager of Natural Selection, which was the team of Brian Cage and L.A. Knight. Um, so another wrestler was cutting a promo, Fidel Bravo, and Percy comes up and right behind the camera uh, and, you know, pulls his ass out and moons, <laughs> and moons Fidel Bravo and Fidel Bravo can't finish that take. So he was a good brother, a hell of a person, funny as all hell, and uh, we definitely miss him over here at Championship Wrestling and I miss him personally too. So thanks for being big fans. Keep the K-Fay podcast. Take care. Pretty Peter Avalon. Gotta love him. He was wonderful with that story about uh, Paul Barrow dropping his pants. Uh, Paul Bearer dropping his pants. That had been a crazy uh, tag team too. L.A. Knight and uh, Brian Cage, two yeah. uh, tough customers right there. Yeah, might have definitely. to might have to dig into the archives and see some of their matches. But just seeing Percy's big, pale, white ass. It's kind of like going to a drive-in movie theater and looking up at the screen with no movie on it, wouldn't you say, boys? Yeah, it sounds like it. I, I, I gotta tell, I gotta tell you, Mike. I, I was shocked you were able to get a hold of Pretty Peter Avalon for this. Granted, I should have known better, um, because yeah, right on par with the guests we've had in the past. Um, really interesting to hear stories from this guy, though. Like I know we saw him on AEW as part of the Wingmen. Not sure what they're doing these days. Um, he didn't really give us any information on that, but mm-hmm. yeah, interesting cat. I'm wondering what uh, what what he's up to now. I mean, we'll have to we'll have to circle back with him and find out a little bit more. But shout out to Pretty Peter Avalon. Thanks, Bud, for uh, doing that for us. We really appreciate it. You made the holidays. Yep. Helping us keeping it PPA all day and every day. And that's something that we can carry on this year, too. Keeping it pretty, pretty, pretty Peter Avalon. But more (laughs) importantly, we like to keep it with these three things each and every day. What are those? What are those? Tell us. Yeah. Well, I will. After I thank the fans for tuning in and following us on spotify not giving up saying oh they're coming back right they're coming back we got a lot of mail thinking we were breaking up like is it is the show still going i'm like yes yes it's just hard to sync up we just we just had a really hard time keeping it triple h and we just need to stay humble stay hungry and stay hard and we'll be right back every week from now until next year folks oh triple h Folks, we're desperately out of time.
good shit. <laughs> 